Paz IM Radio with your co-hosts Robert Brining and Aaron Laxton. We go around the world and across the United States. Join in the conversation by calling in to 929-477-3572. That's 929-477-3572. This week, we have your HIV scoop with Josh Robbins and your positive message from Rise Up to HIV and Kevin Maloney. Your weekly dose of hope. Pause IM Radio. I hope you're ready for season two because it starts now. Good afternoon and welcome to this special Mother's Day Pause I Am Radio Show. I am your host, Robert Brining. My co-host and partner in crime, Aaron Laxton, is taking the day off to spend the day um, with his mother-in-law. So enjoy that. And happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there who are listening or who will be listening in the archives. Um, I hope you have a wonderful day. And we should celebrate our mother and our parents and our family, you know, every day. It shouldn't just be on specific holidays that we set aside um, by Hallmark or uh, the candy company to tell your uh, mother that you love them. So tell them every day that you love them because you never know when it will be the last time. So, um, yeah, love your family. So I'm excited about today's show. Today I'm going to be uh, interviewing one of my new favorite people. Um, I met Dee um, at the Healthy Voices Conference in Chicago a few weeks ago, and um, we connected one-on-one on the phone, uh, I think the night before we flew into Chicago, uh, for some tech issues that she was having, which I wasn't very helpful, but I, I tried. And, um, you know, we met each other, I believe, in the in the lobby, and we just clicked. Uh, you know, it's like you meet people and you just click with them, um, and you have the instant connection. And I, I had that with Dee. I don't, I don't know what it was. It was just instant. It was just like I felt like I knew her my whole life. She was one of my girlfriends. We've been around forever, you know what I mean? And the fact that she also does a podcast here on uh, Blog Talk Radio, on Blog Talk USA page, um, it's just awesome because she does exactly, you know, what we try to do, bring attention to HIV, and the more discussions we have, I think it's uh, it's better. So I'm excited to have Dee come on in a little bit. She'll be joining us. Um, so for me, this last week has been kind of crazy at work, uh, working a lot of hours. Uh, this week coming up, I have a big corporate visit, so I'm kind of uh, nervous about that since I'm the only manager, but um, it's okay. We'll we'll power through it as long as I think positive. Uh, you know, the visit will be fine. I'm excited about, you know, the advancements in the company, but we'll see how it goes. So um, since Aaron isn't joining us today, we won't get any feedback on his finals because I know he was working on that last week. So I was curious to see. Maybe uh, we'll get him to call in or give us an update on that a little bit later. But uh, let's go ahead and bring today's guest. Go ahead, fly over first to – actually, let's bring Dion first, and then we'll go over to the scoop with uh, Josh Robbins. So let me welcome my friend, Positively D. Hello, D. Hey, Robert. <laughs> happy day, my friend. Happy day. It's good to hear your voice. Thanks for having yes, me on. Yes, it is a happy day. Oh, I'm excited to have you on. I told you the moment we met, it was instant. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> it was. He's my bomb. new BFF. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. If people didn't see it at the conference, there was pictures to prove it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I miss you. I miss everybody from the conference. Yeah, it was it was really, really nice. So let, let's start off with that. We can start off a little bit with, tell me, how was your experience at the conference? Was that your first time there as well as mine? Yes, it was. It was my first time. Um, I can't wait to go back. Uh, I, I, I made a little short video stating that I think that was the, I don't think, I know, that was the best conference I've ever been to the best one that I've ever been to. That's just the compassion and the love they put into that conference was amazing. It was amazing mm-hmm. how they embraced everybody, yeah. uh, the employees from Janssen, um, everybody, every single person that, that put that together. It, it was beautiful. Right, and if anything went wrong, you didn't know it. <laughs> no, 
So, you know what I mean? No, like no. they 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 did <laughs> the, the staff did amazing. The girls from Jansen and all that um, healthy voices. It was they they were loving and welcoming from the beginning. And and it's great that you say that it's a you you know it was your favorite conference because it wasn't even one that was specifically an HIV conference. So it just goes to no, show you that I, you know. Go ahead. I I think that's why it it was it was different, and I I think that's why I enjoyed it so much was because it wasn't just on HIV. It was um it was so many different advocates there from different walks of life, different health issues, and you were able to connect to what was going on with them because you would never know that someone else, you know, from advocating HIV so much, you 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 don't take yourself out of that box and realize that there are other people out there that's going through something. So I think that's why I think that's why um, I enjoyed it so much. Yeah, one of my favorite things was Aaron's uh, panel when they spoke about stigma uh, for people with chronic illnesses. Because for me, I always thought you know stigma placed on somebody is it's somebody with HIV. I never really associated yeah. with maybe somebody with psoriasis or diabetes or you know those types of you know chronic conditions but the panel discussed it and it, it's kind of universal you know it's something that goes across all illnesses which was interesting to find out yeah that was one of my favorite panels that was one of my favorite panels was the one on stigma because just like you said you don't realize that that other people are being stigmatized because of what they're going through too so yeah that was an excellent panel and Aaron did oh Aaron Aaron did so good yeah, he did excellent. Yeah. I had to get up and give him a hug. <laughs> <laughs> you hug everyone. You're a hugger. <laughs> <laughs> I am, Robert. but um, <laughs> but it, it, you know, for me, I think it was my favorite because that stigma battle, that battle is like the battle we fight all the time. It's like that constant yeah. uphill battle we're fighting about how we can unstigmatize the disease and not, you know, have those um limitations or those kind of uh words I want to use um uh I don't know that like you know just those stigmatizing words you know or those thoughts or those you know what I'm saying like it it, that's the battle we always play at the end of the day there's still the stigma yeah it's really hard it's really hard um I I think most of us well (laughs) probably all of us (laughs) that are dealing with, with HIV um the the stigma is, is the worst, and and you see a lot of people that are advocating, and that's what they're constantly talking about is the stigma, and that's one of the biggest things that I talk about too all the time is this because you get the, the, the people that get in contact with you and they want to know how you're getting over the stigma and what did you do, but you can't actually uh, how can I put this? You can't actually make somebody go through the process that you went through because the stigma within someone else will stop when they're ready. You can tell them what you went through, but it's not going to it's not going to work, you know? You can tell them, "Oh, I did this and I did that." But it's going to it's going to stop with them when they're ready. You know? Mhm. I'll I'll tell people, "Oh, so look I saw- in the mirror and give yourself positive reinforcement every day and you know, it, it, that's a tough one." Yeah, sometimes it is tough to look in the mirror and say something positive about yourself, or it's tough. Yeah, it's so really so hard. let me so, really so 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 let me let me start a little bit from the beginning about when you were diagnosed. I saw recently you just posted a video on you know all over social media that you know this weekend was your twenty year anniversary. Yes, <laughs> twenty years. So twenty Robert. years. Yes. Twenty years. So yes. so take me back to day one. Take me back to day one when you were told that you were HIV positive. What first? What made you get tested? And then second, what was it like when you were told that you were positive? Um, my my sister, my twin sister. Um, I have an identical twin sister, and she called me. She was living in another state, and she called me and told me that she had cervical cancer. Cancer runs in my family, and uh, I got a little scared, so. I said, well, I'm going to go to the doctor. And I had been seeing this doctor for about four years. So I made an appointment, and I went in. And um, when we, we got when I, we got done talking about everything and why I was coming in to get tested for cancer, 
I said, uh, you know what, just go ahead and test me for everything while I'm here. And he said, everything? I said, yes, everything, STDs. You know, I didn't say HIV, I said STDs, <laughs> venereal <Right>. diseases, <laughs> you know. And um, he said, okay. And and everything came back, you know, everything was okay, and the HIV test didn't come back yet. But me in my head, I was all like, well, why didn't it come back yet? But back then it took like two weeks or longer before the test even came back. And when it came back, they called me in the office, and something told me, I don't know what it was, that um, they were going to tell me that I was diagnosed with HIV. And sure enough, I wasn't put into a regular doctor's uh a patient's room i was taken into the doctor's office so i kind of had a feeling um so he came in and he sat down he was like how you doing davina you know are you feeling okay i said yeah i'm feeling fine and then he just said he just told me you know he says you were you're you're hiv positive and you know i was like what no it can't be true and um, I, I stayed in his office and I cried for about an hour and he shut the door and he, he left me in there and I got up and uh, dried my face off and left out and went and picked my daughter up from school and took her to get ice cream, <laughs> went to my sister's house and called my sister in the room and, and told her what was going on and we called my other sisters and my mother. Yeah. That was, that was how was the reaction? When you when you told your family, how was the reaction? Oh, they were they were scared. Yeah, they were really scared, and everybody was crying. And you know, we didn't have any clue. Mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about HIV. Nothing. And it's sad to say it. You know, back then, what 1997? You know, you you're thinking in your head, well, how did I get this? Because we all thought just because we didn't have any knowledge on it that it was a, a a person that was gay or a prostitute, you know, a streetwalker or someone that was using mm-hmm. drugs. So uh, you think to yourself that you didn't fit in that category. And I'm like, how did this happen? Because I was in a relationship for 10 years. Yeah, it's all, we all think that we're in that, like, uh, I don't want to say, like, invisible or we feel like Superman or, like, you know, if you don't know about it, it won't hurt you. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then poop, there it goes right in your face, you know, and it's it, so how did you find support? Because, well, first, family. first, let me ask you first. Let me, so, so how did you, how did you educate yourself since you weren't aware about it? Like, how did you do that? Because not only did you have to educate yourself about it and break down the barriers and the stigma, you know, of your own thoughts, but then you had to also kind of educate your family around you so yeah. they could support you. How, how yeah. did you, how did you do that? Well, um, it took about, ooh, maybe three months before I had even seen uh, HIV specialists. The the doctor's office where I was going didn't give me, when I say zero information, Mm -hmm. and I just walked out of there. Um, After the three months had passed, I ended up looking in the yellow pages, and I found a, a clinic, and I went in, and I got, I learned about HIV by the pamphlets that they would have in there. And before the year was up, I kid you not, Robert, I had a stack of pamphlets that stood <laughs> as high as a three-year-old from from reading, <laughs> just constantly reading. Um, and my family, um, just from listening to me, you know, but it, my family is different, and this is what I say, even my cousins. When I say everybody under the sun in my family knew it's down to aunties and uncles and cousins, and no one ever said, I don't want her around me, not one person. But I think it's the way that we were raised by our parents. Mm-hmm. Um, if anybody in my family ever had any ill thoughts about it, I never knew it. I, I never knew it. So um, right. we have our little family reunions at the park, and, it's weird because you think that in your head, you're like, well, why are they eating off my plate? <laughs> or why are they drinking off my cup and drinking it? But they didn't care. No one, it didn't bother anyone. Well, that's good. You have a, you have a good family. That's, you're lucky. 
you know, I'm fortunate yeah. enough, too, to have a family that was supportive as well. So, you know, we're lucky to have that because not everybody has that. Yes, because everybody doesn't kind of, have um, it. Right. We're lucky. So so how did you move on to telling your friends or, or dating again? How did you deal with disclosing? Because um, I, I believe you contracted it from the 10-year relationship, right? Yeah, and then two years later, you met you I met, found out. Okay, so then you met Mr. Wright, yeah. who was HIV negative. So how did you yeah. tell him? Um, it took me, I think, the, was it the next day? I believe I told him the next day we were out, and I and I I just said I have something to tell you, and I just let it out, and he looked at me and he says. It didn't matter to him. It was the funny thing that sometimes you have to say you meet people for a reason because he was someone that was delivering food on his lunch break to AIDS patients for his company. So oh, wow. he was he was knowledgeable on HIV and AIDS. So I think that's why it didn't bother him. So it was like a big relief, like, oh, thank goodness he's okay with it. So, yeah, it right. wasn't that hard, and I think the reason why it wasn't was because before I met him, I had a really close friend that um, I told that I had HIV, and if it wasn't for him, I don't think I would have gotten through it. Um, he motivated me and, and, and told me nothing about me has changed. He wasn't scared of me, and we just stayed really good friends for a long time. So I think if it wasn't for him, um, I don't think I would have gotten through it. So he helped me a lot with that. Yeah, so you had you had supportive friends, you had supportive family, you met a man who was educated. Yeah. You know, at, in, you crossed paths for the right time. Like you said, you met for yeah, a reason. Exactly. It's kind of ironic <laughs> how that worked out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, so exactly. so how how did the big question that every everybody has issues with is how they tell their children. Um so I know that you have a daughter, right? She's fourteen years old. Right. Yes, I have two. Um, oh, when two? I was I'm diagnosed, sorry. I had a six-year-old. She was six at the time. And oh, um, from the relationship okay. that I was in, yes. And she's 26 now. She turned 26 in April. Oh. So um, she was eight when I told her. She was eight. Well, wait, old. hold that, because I I want to I want to I want to cut to the to the scoop with Josh, and we'll come back, and then we can hear about how you told no problem, how you told no your problem, daughters, because that that's the biggest thing. A lot of people wonder how do they tell kids, how do they break it down, and we've had a lot of people come on and, and share how they do it, and I'm curious to see how you do. So we'll be right back, and here's Josh Robbins. This is your HIV scoop with Josh Robbins, exclusive for Pause I Am Radio. Buzzworthy HIV news in under 90 seconds. Here's Josh Robbins in this week's HIV Scoop. The latest treatments for HIV mean that young people living with the virus could live up to a decade longer, a new study says. The paper published Wednesday found that 20-year-olds who started with antiretroviral therapy in 2010 are predicted to live up to 10 years longer than those who underwent similar treatment in 1996 when it first became widely available. Researchers at Bristol University in the UK says that the improvements are due to fewer side effects with greater options for patients who are infected with drug-resistant HIV strains. And that is great news. Elton John has spoken out about the availability of the HIV prevention pill PrEP in England and Wales. As you recall, there was a huge fight about the NHS paying for the treatment uh, prevention pills. Well, not being one to bite his tongue, Sir Elton John uh, was speaking in a BBC documentary on HIV and AIDS campaigns. And he says, quote, it doesn't make any sense not to put it out there. It's an economic no-brainer, end quote. I'm Josh Robbins. This was your HIV Scoop. There you have it. Thanks, Josh Robbins, for this week's Scoop. For more information on Josh, you can go to amstelljosh.com. And don't forget to stay tuned for later. We'll be playing some positive message from Rise Up to HIV and Kevin Maloney. So, um, Dee, you are back with us, correct? Yes, I am. I'm here. All right. So let's go ahead and go back to where we were. Tell us about how you told your daughters 
um, when you found out that you were HIV positive? How did you break the news to them or, or, or make them aware of it? Well, my, my daughter, when she was eight, um, again, I just sat her down and, and, and I I talked to her about it. And I, and I said, Mommy, you know, wants to talk to you about something. And we sat down. And I said, there's there's something called HIV. And, of course, she's never heard of it. She was only eight. And I explained to her what it was and that um, Mommy's going to be starting to take a whole bunch of medication. And I'm not sure how it's going to make me feel. And um, I just explained to her what, 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 what I was going through and that um, I don't know what's going to happen, you know. Um, I, I had to tell her I don't know if, if, if I'm going to be here, um, you know, yada, yada, yada. I, and, and, and I got through it because I'm still here. <laughs> and I, even to this day, the oldest daughter, the 26-year-old, I remember even her being 17 and 18 years old saying, well, Mama, I forget you even have it. So, you know, that's awesome. And then my youngest daughter, she's getting ready to be 16 in August, and I didn't tell her until she was 13, almost 13 years old. Um, I'm in school, so I had took a public speaking class, and in my public speaking class it was recorded, my, my speech, and... uh my speech was talking about me having HIV, and that's how I presented it to my youngest daughter. I had her sit down on the sofa, and I opened up the laptop, and I let her watch me speak about me being diagnosed. When it was over, I closed the laptop, and I asked her, I said, and how do you feel about that? And she hunched her shoulders, and she says, I don't care, but I think... um, the reason why with her was because all through the years while she was growing up, she heard me constantly talking about HIV, but she didn't know her mom had it. So I think, you know, uh. because she had knowledge on it, it, she just said she didn't care. She was like, so what? I don't care. So so, so the, 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 older daughter, the older daughter, you said you told her at eight years old? Yes. And you just basically explained to her exactly what it what it was. Um, you didn't use any kind of like kid terms. Like I know, like one lady that we had on, she ended up she lived with she was a grandmother and she lived with her grandkids and she basically used um, let her grandkids know that she had the only way that she could explain it in their you know in their they were like three and four, you know what I mean? So they're very young. Oh, so yeah. she was like she just kind of t- told them that grandmom has bugs in her blood. You know, and if grandmom's ever bleeding, not to touch her, you know, her blood because there's blood yeah, in well, her blood. Yeah, I, I, I told her that too about my blood. That's a good one. That's yeah. excellent. You know, I told her about the blood yeah. and, and, and that um, there's a virus. Well, I actually said it. I'm infected. My blood was infected. That's what I told her. Um, I wouldn't even use that word now, but that's exactly what I told yeah. her. And that if I was ever bleeding, I, I wouldn't want you around her to touch it. And I, I remember times when I would cook, and if I cut my finger, I would just totally just stop cooking, even if I had a Band-Aid, if I wouldn't put a Band-Aid on. I just would stop cooking, and, and that was it. Hmm. So it was just a mental thing back then. Yeah, was, like at some point, like you would just, whenever you would see your blood, it would kind of give you like this, like, uh Yeah, I used to kind wash of feeling. my skin like, yeah, I used to wash my skin like raw, when I was in the shower, because I just felt, I felt dirty. <laughs> yeah, I felt dirty. Yeah. It's crazy. So, that whole um, so one of the things. Yeah, yeah, it's getting over that, um, like that, uh, like the way you view yourself, because it's really all about you. Yeah. You yeah, know what I mean? So exactly. you, you view your, your, it's how you're viewing yourself. If you are educated, you know, about HIV, more than likely you're not viewing yourself as somebody who is dirty or, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, as somebody who maybe doesn't deserve the, the finer things, <laughs> I yeah, guess, yeah. as a way to, to, to put it. So you, you were diagnosed in 97. How did you, when did you start meds? In 97, <laughs> three months after. I oh, so you started meds. right away. Yeah, about three months. Okay, and now are you are are you 
are you still on that same regimen, or have you... Oh, no, no, no. Thank goodness I'm still not on that regimen. What did you you start on? (laughs) Oh, my goodness, Robert. I can't even remember. I remember the one peel. No, but so many of them. I I remember the one peel, though, that made me so sick. This one peel, I I can never get this peel out of my head. It was Crixavan. The worst peel ever. The worst med ever. Yeah, isn't that something? I can remember that one, but I can't remember the other ones. Yeah, that it is was funny because I started on it. I started on a triplet, but I didn't start meds until like 2009. Oh, see, I was diagnosed in 01, so I waited a few years. Oh my gosh! Yes, um, they don't even the ones that I were on. I know none of them are available now, but uh, that one peel made me so sick that um, I couldn't even deal. Uh, just so nauseated all the time. I felt terrible. I was fine until they put me on the meds. Yeah, I was just <laughs> fine. I, I didn't even know I had anything. That's how, you know? So when they put me on the meds, it's like everything went down. You know, I was just sick all the time, every day, 24 hours a day. So so what about now? What medications are you on now, or what's your uh, regimen? I'm on uh, Rayataz and Genovia. And I'm not having no, an yeah. issue with neither med. That's yep, good. That's good. Med. You've been on that for a while, or? It's been, well, I was on Rantaz, and uh, I can never say the name of this. Uh, 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 Strib- Strib- Why do I got to make them so complicated? Strybuild? Strybuild? Yeah, thank you. I was on those two for, let's say, about maybe three years, two, three years. And then the doctor just changed the striber to uh, Genovia. So I'm on Genovia and Rantaz uh, now. Yeah, I started on the Tripla in 2009, and I took that for about oh, two weeks. And I found that I was allergic to one of the medications, Sestiva, that is in the Tripla. So I did not oh, continue wow. to take that because I broke out in a rash and was in the hospital for three days and... Um, hooked oh. up the tube, so that wasn't really fun. <laughs> so the doctor then switched me to Travada and a Tripla. Oh, no, I'm sorry, Travada okay. and Icentris, and I've actually have been on that regimen since probably since like 2009, 2010. Yeah, before the before I was put on the two, I was on uh, Travada, Icentris, Intelins, and goodness, was it Combivir? I think it was oh, Yeah, I was on four. All those? At that time. Four meds, wow. yes. And I was on those meds for eight years. All of those for eight wow. years. Well, well, the one thing I got to say is the meds are getting better, you know, as, as we are, um, as, as we're getting older, you know, as medicine is, is becoming more advanced. But the pills are also getting smaller, which is also a very good thing. Yes, I know that yes. some of the new pills are a lot smaller. They're not horse pills anymore like they used to be. Those pills are so huge. And they were horse pills. I'm, I'm one of those people yes. that can't take meds. I can't take pills. And I gag. I even gag with a Tylenol. So you can imagine trying to take those pills back then and you're gagging with every pill that you put in your mouth and then it gets stuck in your throat. Oh, yeah, uh-huh. it was bad for me. It was really bad for me. <laughs> yeah, the, the triple was big. I can deal with Travada and Icentris, but I know other people have showed me their medicine, which is, I guess they're kind of, these two medicines that are out now, I don't know the exact names. I'm, I don't know why they got to make them so complicated. Why can't they just have normal yeah, names? Yeah, they're very like, complicated. Um, Try Benzabol and all this stuff. And, yeah. Well, whatever the ones are, they're <laughs> actually uh, a, a lot smaller. <laughs> You know, so yeah, that's a, yeah. it's a good thing for those people who have issues taking pills. So what do you do well, to I remind yourself a, to take your medicine? It, it stays right by my bed. I, I take my bed. Do you take it like every night? I to, when I go to sleep, yes. Um, I've yeah. learned that over the many years that it's just best to take them at night. And reason being is because if I'm asleep, <laughs> I won't know if I'm really having any bad side effects because I'm asleep. Right. 
that's what I Unless you're on one of the medications that give you really bad, vivid dreams, like a triplet does. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I never had any of that. (laughs) Yeah, I've never had it either. I've never had any of those dreams. I've never had any vivid dreams. No, me either, but I've heard a lot of people I was actually looking forward to it. I was looking very forward to really? dreams I don't really dream. Yeah, because I don't really dream anymore, so it would have been nice to have some, you know, some dreams. I don't remember my dreams. I sleep too deep. I don't think anybody <laughs> you know? does. <laughs> it was always fun. Yeah, but I, I the, the, the meds, no, I, I haven't had a problem with them. Strybeald, uh Gave me a bit of the runs, and I had to keep going back and forth to the restroom. But other than that, that was it. So I, I, I say that it's yeah, great. I've heard some yeah. horror stories so about that medicine. <laughs> yes, yes. It just made me <laughs> That's right, Bill. Yes, I heard some yeah, horror stories yeah. from other activists about that. Yeah. They're like, take me off it. <laughs> you know what, though? It's, isn't it something how the meds affect everybody differently? Yeah. Yeah. They it's affect crazy. everybody differently. Yeah. Well, and, and, as um, does the it, virus, it, you know. Some people yeah. are, you know, have a stronger immune system and, and can go years mm-hmm. or months, or, you know, without medicine. And some people are like, no, you need to go on now. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I was going to say it's something how um, now that, not that it's a great thing that people are getting diagnosed, of course. We don't want to see anybody get diagnosed with HIV, but um, I'm happy that they're, they don't have to get on the regiments that so many of us were on a long time ago, um, the the many, many pills that we had to take and, and, and being so sick from those, those, those pills. So I, I think that's one good thing uh, about the advancements of the medication. Um, so when I hear someone say, well, I don't want to take that pill. I said, you got to be kidding me. Do you know how many pills I took and you don't want to take one? So, you know, I try to remind them of that. Just be grateful that you're not, that you don't have to take so many pills. That's true. I'm grateful that I only have three. <laughs> yeah, so, see, that's good. So awesome. what, made you, what, what made you get into activism? Like, what made you want to be like, you know what, let me get out there and share my story? Because I know for me, it dealt with personal, um, I guess, personal, uh, uh, what do you want to call it? Like, issues I experienced one-on-one with other people maybe not being educated. So what was it for you that made you want to put yourself out there and be like, you know what, let's do it? Because it's a lot. It's tough. Um, You're going to, everybody's going to, I don't know if I've told everybody this, but... I didn't know not one person that was diagnosed with HIV at all for many, many years. Let's say 14 years, not one person, not even at the doctor's office. I'd just go to the doctor, I'd ask my questions, I'd talk to the doctor, and I would leave. And it wasn't because I didn't want to be in uh, to communicate with anyone with HIV. I was just that I was married. Um, I had my daughter, my stepson, and then my daughter that we had together. And I was just going to work and and uh, taking care of my family. And I would get a lot of information from the doctor, and I would go on the internet. But I just didn't have not one friend that was diagnosed. And I've always wanted to advocate, and I just didn't do it. And I remember after I was divorced, me and my sister, not my twin sister, another sister of mine that passed away a a couple of years ago, we would talk about it a lot. And she said, just do it. She said, that's all you talk about now. Why don't you just do it? And when she, before, it was before she passed away, way before she passed away, um, I decided to advocate. So... That's how I started advocating. And my thing was always people that it bothered me really bad in Africa, in Nigeria. That was something that bothered me really bad, how so many people down there were just contracting it just back to back. 
and how ashamed that they were. So my heart was mm-hmm. always, my heartfelt was always for the uh, for Nigeria for some reason. And I was always saying, oh, I'm going to get to Nigeria, and I'm going to advocate there, and I'm going to show my face and show the, everyone there that they can live with it. But I haven't made it there yet, but I am. Watch. <laughs> I'm going to make <laughs> it there. But that's how I started. That's how I started. Um, it, it was the stigma for one thing that bothered me the most. So, yeah. So, so what was the first thing that you did? Did it was it post something on Facebook? Was it speak? What was the first thing that you I did, did that, a, that, that put out? I inboxed as many family members as I could and put them in a group message on Facebook. And I told them that I'm getting ready to tell the world that I am diagnosed with HIV. And it wasn't like I was uh, closed about my HIV status because um, their friends knew. And, and sometimes I met people, you know, and I'd tell them, oh, well, I have HIV. But it, it wasn't like I was really ashamed of being diagnosed with HIV. So I think that's why I made it so easy. So I told them that I'm going to – I need for them to help me out. And all of us are going to wear red. I called it my HIV awareness, and we're going to post red for seven days on my Facebook page, and that's how it started. And I said, after the seven days, I'm going to put up a video about me being diagnosed with HIV, and that's how it started. That's exactly how it started. So every year I do... I do that, my HIV awareness on my Facebook page now. So it's only been three years that I've started to advocate. So the third, we've already done the third year that I did the, my HIV awareness with wearing red on my page. So what do you do? Make your profile page, your picture every day, you're wearing something red? I think I saw that, actually. Yes. Now that you say yes, that. Yes, I, I tell them anything it on red, it doesn't matter if it's your fingernails, socks, <laughs> whatever you could think of, because everybody's going to have five or seven days' worth of red. So whatever they can think of. I remember one day me and my sister were in, I think it was Macy's, and we seen some red jackets, so we put them on and we took a picture and posted it. So just anything through the day. It, 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 it just, you know, it's just it's something that everybody can come together and do. And it, it's more and more people are joining, so it, it's really nice. Well, I look forward to it. What week is it that you do that? Well, it's on the, let me think now, because the last day we do it is on the 31st. So I started out seven days, so now we only, I only do five. The last two years I only did five. So it was the, the last day is the 31st. I have to count <laughs> because I always forget. Of May? The 31st, 30, 29th, 28th, 27th. I started on the 27th of December, the 27th of December. Oh, December. Okay, yeah. that's why I was missing. <laughs> yeah, cool, so there, that's something we can look forward to. You know, we can get yeah, all people, yeah, to get a group started on Facebook, and we can all get involved. Yeah, it's really nice. And it's cool to have people support you, and especially your family, you know what I mean? That's important, so good for oh, you. So gosh, these three really years is. you've been out activism, right? Three years you've been out making waves in the activism world out there in the HIV community. And you've really landed some great articles in different magazines. I want to talk about that when we come back. I just want to first go over to uh, Rise Up to HIV and Kevin Maloney, and let's hear some positive messages from our friend Josh and Alicia. So uh, we'll be right back. Hello, everyone. My name is Alicia. Some call me Lovely or Healed Me. In 2001, I was diagnosed HIV positive. And you know, I had an option, allow that diagnosis to overtake my life or I overtake HIV. And that is exactly what I did. I took a stand. I took a stand to know that I am healed, that I am prosperous, that I am a beautiful and loving person and I deserve to be loved. HIV does not define me. I define HIV. I'm happy. I'm inspirational, and I am vibrant. I love myself. And I encourage you that if you received any diagnosis, 
If you receive any terrible news, take a stand, know who you are, and continue on your path to greatness. I encourage you to stay happy. Hey there, I'm Josh, and I've been HIV positive for over four years, and this is my pause message. Yeah, I bet you think you know how this story is going to go. Well, I'm going to do my best to show you how I've learned to see the positive and being positive, no pun intended. I'm healthier today than ever before because I've chosen to make my physical and mental health a priority. I'm happy to share that I've been in a mixed status, serodiscordant relationship with my HIV negative girlfriend for almost two years. We've learned that having a healthy and happy HIV free baby is more possible today than ever. And I currently have a set plan of action as I'm working towards a pilot's license. Believe me, when I was first diagnosed, I didn't think any of that was going to be possible. You see, our generation has an opportunity today that millions before us never had. We have an opportunity to live. And believe me, I know it's a hard journey. There's no doubt about that. But know that life was never promised to be easy. Learn to separate who you are as a person as opposed to what the virus says you are. It's not the virus, but what you do with the virus that counts. Will it define you or will it refine you? That's a question that only you can answer. Thank you. And there you have it. For more information on positive messages, you can go to Rise Up to HIV on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or anywhere on social media and uh, get connected with Kevin Maloney. Dear, are you back? I'm here. I'm here. All right. That was our friend Josh there sharing his positive message. Love that guy. He's awesome. It was cool to finally meet him. That's the first time I met him in Chicago. Yeah, he is. He really is. I love that. All of you guys are awesome. I love love that shot of you guys on that Ferris wheel. Oh, my God, the Ferris wheel. (laughs) I didn't even want to get on. That that shot is awesome, though. Yeah, that's a really nice shot. I didn't even want to get on. And Josh just turns around and says, here, I bought you a ticket. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, then you got to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. So, so so, let's talk about some of these big waves you're making here in the HIV community. I know you were um, featured on in Paz Magazine, ANU Magazine, Positively Aware. You have your own uh, talk show on Blog Talk Radio USA called Positively D's Discussion. Tell us about the talk show, where people can meet you and, and talk to you there and, and listen to you every week. Well, I started that three years ago. Right after I started advocating, somebody reached out to me uh, about doing a show, and I agreed, and um, it's going really well. It's going really well. It comes on uh, 4.30 p.m. Mountain Time every Saturday, and um, there's a different topic on on HIV. Um, I switched it up a little bit. My show used to be called Positively the HIV AIDS Discussion, but I, I changed it to positively the discussion for the simple fact that those that are not diagnosed with HIV, they, they pull back when they see the words HIV AIDS. So I took the mm-hmm. HIV AIDS off to gear people towards saying, oh, well, let me see what this lady's talking about. And once they listen, they usually stay on. Um, and I, like I said, I switched it up a little bit. So sometimes there's a different topic that probably won't have to do with HIV. It can be relationship. Um, and then, of course, there's people that call in with HIV, and they talk about their relationships with HIV. But I try to switch it up a little bit to get other people to, to be able to, to engage. So, um, And then ANU Magazine, they're awesome. They are yes, awesome. Yes, they are. Um, they reached out and did a feature article, and I was in shock because I didn't know it was going to be that many pages. I didn't even know it was going to be a feature article. I had no clue. Um, Paz Magazine, I sent them a story, <laughs> I think, a year or two ago, and they never put it up, but they finally put it up. Um, I, I wish I could have... Uh, I wish I would have known because it's about two years ago when I sent them that story, my story changed, you know. It changed some. And I wish I could have tweaked it a little bit, but that's okay. I appreciate them for putting it up. And then in Positively Aware magazine, I was on the cover 
for 2015 and 2016. And I didn't know that I had got it for 2016 until one day I was out and about with one of my sisters here, and we were walking around the streets of Denver just passing out condoms and and pamphlets, and we went to the Denver Health, and I walked in and looked to the right, and on the table was a magazine with me and my niece, and I had no clue. So that's how I found out I had got the cover again. Yeah. That's awesome. I actually remember seeing that in my uh, doctor's office, too. Did you? Cover. So congratulations. <laughs> that's awesome. No, that's Thank incredible you. that you are, yeah, you. you are, you know, that they're, they're seeing you, the work that you're doing because a lot of times people like us get overlooked because we're not somebody who was on TV or has a book out or, you know what I mean, yeah. is known with a thousand, you know, with a million followers and things like that. You know what I mean? Sometimes it's good to highlight us little people, you know, who are just sitting yeah. here in yeah. our rooms and our little offices, you know, with our laptops and computers and, and, and making a difference, you know, and sharing. So kudos. You're awesome. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> You're like, mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> and people, get, and people who coffee. are listening to the show. I was drinking coffee. I couldn't get my words out. <laughs> <laughs> so just real quick, I do want to open up the phone lines. I know uh, it's Mother's Day, so people may be busy. and This may be more of an archived show. But if you're listening and want to call in, 929-477-3572. Uh, you can yeah. tweet us your questions at Pause I Am Radio. Um, there's also the chat room that's open if anyone's interested. Um, and you can actually um, find Positively B's discussion, her uh, talk show here on Blog Talk Radio. If you go up and actually in the search after the show is over, though, you go up to the search and type in Positively B, Positively with a Z and B with two E's, and her shows will come up and you can listen to all of that. And it's all on iTunes and all that, right? So they can find you everywhere. Yeah, thank you, Robert. Yes. That's so awesome. Cool. So let me talk about one thing. Oh, and her show is 6.30 Eastern time on Saturdays for those people who are on our side of the country <laughs> uh, who, yeah. who may want to listen. Tell me about the, um, the bow tie movement that you, you started. I saw some of our uh, some familiar faces yeah. in that um Drawing a blank of the guy's name. Oh, what's his name? Housing Works. Why am I drawing a blank? Larry Bryant. Oh, Larry, <laughs> Larry Bryant. Larry Bryant. Um, I I started that because I I was getting messages from heterosexual men, and um, I would they needed someone to talk to, and I would call them. And um, they would discuss with me what a hard time they were having. And even the ones that didn't want to talk on the phone, we would message. They were having such a tough time. And uh, I said, you know what, I'm going to do something just to let them know that there are people that are out there for them. And you don't have to be heterosexual diagnosed with HIV to support them. And uh, Bernard Young had never came out with his status openly. Um, Curtis Williams had never came out with his status openly. And the two of them says, we're down, you know, yeah, we'll do it. And and I said, you know what, I'm thinking of something different. How about a bow tie? Um, and Bernard Young said, yeah, let's call the bow tie movement. So that's how it started. That's exactly how wow. it started. And uh, I, I searched and searched and searched for material with red ribbons. Do you know there's no material with red ribbons on it? There's material with I believe pink it. ribbons for cancer. When I say none, none, and I happened to come across this lady um, who had material with red ribbons. So uh, we found someone that was diagnosed with HIV who was a seamstress. And, you know, she needed the money, and she was an excellent streamstress. So we would buy the material and send it to her, and she would make the bow ties. We didn't get any part of those funds. They went straight to the the woman that made them to, to help her out. Right. So that's how that started, yeah. And then all of a sudden everybody started buying them and wearing them, and then people in the U.K. were posting video, pictures with bow ties on. So it was really – it was it was it was awesome. It was great that people were engaging with it. Right now it's slowed down a little bit. Um, I'm working on some things, and hopefully everybody will be happy when I'm done. I'm not going to say what it is, but I'm working on some things that have to do with that too, with the bow tie campaign. Oh. I haven't gave up on it. 
That's good. That's good. Well, sometimes, you know, you get overwhelming with everything else, like going to the conferences and, you know, doing your own show and, and getting all that involved and, you know, just your online social media that, yeah. you know, you got to put some things on the back burner and pick it back up. It lets you think about it, you know, that you can brainstorm yeah, without yeah. actually having the pressure of it. So that's good. Now, are you, are you also involved with the Positive Women's Network, too? Yes, I am here in Colorado. Yes, I am. So, so what is it exactly that? What is that? Well, it's it's an it's an I don't know if I call it an organization. It's PWN Positive Women Network, and it's for women with HIV and trans women. And um, they do a, they do a lot of policy, but they also you know they do women in uh, violence uh, every year, and you that you we go out with with signs on the corner. And it's women in violence with HIV, and we hold up the signs and say no violence against women with HIV. They advocate for trans women um, being murdered and abused. Um, the list goes on and on with, with uh, PWN. They do a lot out in the communities. In, in every state, every state, um, they advocate uh, HIV criminalization. So, and, and they have a conference every year. 2018 to be the third year. It's called the PWN Summit, and and that's in Fort Walton Beach, Florida. Right? Isn't that so uh, usually is before in, yeah, any, the Positive Living Conference? Yes, but it's it's the before and uh, yeah, it's before the Positive Living Conference. But on, in 2018, they changed it to April, so it's going to be in April. Oh. So any women, any women that are even women that are not open with their status. It's a way for them to engage with other women so they can have that support. And you can pull that up on, on, on Facebook because it helps a lot of women, especially those that are not that, that are not open. And it's uh, PWN uh, USA, PWN USA. It'll come right up or type in positive, positive women network. It should come right up on the Internet. Yeah. Now, are you going to be going to, uh, do you plan to go to uh, po- uh, Positive Living? This September. Of course I am. <laughs> of course I am. I am I'm, excited. Yes, me too. Butch McKay, um, I spoke with him and he's, he agreed that I can do my show live. And, and that's another thing I wanted to discuss, if you don't mind. I'm starting to do my show live. And um, I haven't started yet, but I'm getting ready to on YouTube. And that'll be Saturdays when I have my show at 4.30 p.m. Mountain Time. I'll do it live streaming on uh, YouTube. So... And Butch McKay said that I can do my show live at the Positive Living Conference, so that's what I'm going to do. Cool. Because it's their 20th anniversary, 20 <laughs> years they've been they've been yeah. having that conference. 20 years. So that's, that's yeah. I'm that's excited great. to go because so I haven't been there in the last. Yeah, and he's an amazing man, that guy Butch. But I actually haven't been there in the last few years. So this year, I'm going to try to save my money the flight. I'm not going to yeah. try to speak or anything. I just want to go and attend the conference because yeah, I wanted to do yeah. kind of what we did at Healthy Voices. I kind of like doing that Facebook Live thing. So yeah, I think that's something that, that, you know, we can do that, you know what I mean, and have fun yeah. and go around and talk to different people throughout the whole conference and not feel pressured that, oh, my God, i got to speak. i got to mm-hmm. be ready. I'm yeah. nervous. Well, I could just do it on the fly, you know. It'll be fun. You know, I got a, you know, I got a, a few phone calls from a few people that I know, and they said, uh, you guys are good together. <laughs> you guys are good together. I said, weren't we? Weren't we? Yeah, that was nice. I, I, I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, we'll definitely have to do that again when we're, uh, we're there. It'll be fun. Yeah, yeah. And I'm then, excited uh, that you're going to venture into going into live on YouTube. That's exciting because, you know, that was one of the things that when YouTube was talking about, and they were there, and then Josh was speaking in his format, like using videos. And I'm always hesitant to do that, but you're always like, "Yeah, I'm just going to do a video." You went up when we were at the conference, went up to your hotel room, and shot your video there. Like I'm always like, I don't know, nervous to, to put a video out there. <laughs> just do it, Robert. Just do it. You got the voice and the face. Just do it. <laughs> yeah, just I'll have to do, do it. it. I'll have to go out and buy myself a good camera. So, what do you use for your camera? Yeah. Do you use your laptop or do you use your your phone? Your laptop. Yeah, I use my laptop, but oh, Robert, you gotta get a webcam. <laughs> I have never oh, I have a ever bought. 
Okay, I have never bought a webcam, ever, ever. Um, I just got my webcam yesterday. Robert, amazing. (laughs) You love it. As soon as I plugged it in, it changed the whole look of everything in the back of me. The colors are more bright. I was like, what in the world? I've never, I would have never known. Isn't that sad? How you don't know how a webcam looks? But I was like this little right. kid, and I'm like, God, oh, look how pretty this is. So, no, I love this webcam. <laughs> I love what it. What kind did you get? Yeah, so now I'm going to be – I got a Logitech 920. Yeah, Logitech 920. Logitech. 920, I'll check that out. Cool. Well, I'm excited for your, your show. Now, will that be uh, – when you're doing it live on YouTube, will that also be streaming on Blog Talk, or will that just stay on YouTube? No, it'll just stream live on uh, YouTube. I, I haven't. I don't know if they can do it live on Blog Talk. I never talked about it, but maybe I'll find out. Well, I, but right yeah. now, it'll just be on YouTube because That's I want to cool. engage That's with cool. the with the subscribers on you on YouTube because they talk to me a lot in 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 you know in, in messaging. So I I, mm-hmm. I just want to engage with them in in that way on YouTube. That's why I'm not doing it on Facebook. Everybody on Facebook sees my face all the time <laughs> yeah so that's one yeah. that's one platform that i don't i don't use as often as i used to um i used to post some videos and i used to use it to advertise the guests coming up on the show and stuff like that so you know that was one of my promises after the conference just to kind of use youtube a little bit more so maybe i'll, I'll start yeah. doing that too Since I, now I really aaron's like doing it and now you're doing it more i feel like i need to get involved so yeah. maybe i'll work on that next twitter I'm on Twitter a lot now. I'm really starting to love Twitter a lot. So Yeah, I, I didn't really like it. I never it. used it before the conference. Yeah. Like very rarely oh, just to really? post the show stuff. But then after going Yeah, because if you before if you notice, before the conference, the Pause I am radio handle was just for the radio show. And now I made it my own personal handle. So you know, I can talk about things oh. that I do on there too. Because I didn't have that, and I, I hate running, like, on Instagram, I have me and then my radio show. You know what I mean? And I had the same thing yeah. on Facebook, and I didn't feel like having two accounts on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like Twitter. So I'm using Twitter a lot. I'm using Instagram a lot more, too. And um, I'm on Facebook, but uh, to me, I'm, like, kind of gearing away from it for some reason. I'm trying not to, so I still try to post things on there. But I'm re- I really like Twitter and, and Instagram. I'm on those a lot now. Did you download Snapchat? No. <laughs> no, you told me to, but I haven't. I can't even send you any funny it. videos because. <laughs> I'm going to tell my daughter to help me out with that one. There's just too many yeah. avenues of social media. I'll tell her to, and then I'll let you know. <laughs> I haven't did it yeah, yet. Yeah, you so. text me. Yeah, I'm going to notice because you're on my phone. Because it only sh- shares with your contacts, so you're in my phone. It'll pop up and say, Positively D is just joined Snapchat. Yeah. <laughs> Send her a video. <laughs> All right, D. well, look, we are winding down for the last few minutes. Is there any other things that you would like to share with our audience besides where people can find you at, your website and all that good stuff? Well, no. Oh, I did. I Really quick. I did. Um, I'm blogging now for myself. I'm blogging for the body body.com but i started blogging for myself on wordpress so it's positively d dot wordpress.com so i'm using that to share a little bit of who i am and then every year on world aids day i go out on the streets and i speak to people about hiv one-on-one to see if they know anything or educated on hiv so that's it's always on you on YouTube, so people can pull me up on YouTube with Positivity D to watch those every year. But other than that, that's okay. That's it. I'm done, and I'm, well, I'm so happy you that you go. had me on. <laughs> well, I'm so excited to have you on, and I can't wait to see you at an upcoming event or somewhere. We'll connect somewhere. But D, thank you yeah, for coming on and sharing your story. Happy Mother's Day, and thank happy you, day to you, sweetheart. <laughs> You're happy welcome. Day. Happy and, uh, Much love to you guys. Yes, and happy. Thank you. And much love to all the mothers out there on this beautiful Mother's Day. And I got to get you on we my hope you show. Have a good one. Anytime, honey. Anytime. All right. So we'll be winding down. Have a great week, everyone. <laughs>
Good day. Ladies and gentlemen from around the world. Thank you for joining us for Paz IM. You can listen to us each and every Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time as we bring you your weekly dose of hope. Join in the conversation on social media, Paz IM Radio and at Aaron Laxton. And while you're on there, check out I'm Still Josh as he brings the HIV scoop of the week. Also, if you've not checked out the positive message campaign from Rise Up to HIV, be sure to do so. For all of you who contribute and make this show possible, thank you so very much. If you think you have a story that needs to be covered or you would like to come on air and talk to Robert and myself, please let us know. We want to bring content that you need and that you want. Be sure to download this episode on iTunes and past episodes. We'd love to hear your feedback. From all of us over here at Paz IM Radio, from Robert Brining and myself, have a safe and healthy week. And until we speak again, stay positive.